All right, so Dan, I'm you ready. reading all the news stories? I, I got them on a notepad thing over here. Reporter Dan. That's no. If I was ever a reporter, no one should ever listen to me. If I'm talking about <laughs> news, I know jack shit. If I'm talking about whiskey, I know a little more than jack shit. <laughs> a podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Gold Eagle Jake. Uh, tonight we've got some news. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about brands and how some of them are kind of moving out of their wheelhouses and whether it's a good or bad idea in some of the cases. Because we're yeah. whiskey industry analysts. <laughs> that we are. Professional ones. <laughs> Professional pundits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Believe is a term. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't done a old fashioned news story in a long time. No, we yeah, never started every episode with one. Yeah. And we just kind of got lazy and tired and didn't do research anymore. And look what happened. Yep. <laughs> so we're back. It, <laughs> it is the time of year, though, where a lot of new stuff is going to be coming out, or not a lot mm-hmm. of new stuff, but a lot of your annual, re- annual releases come out. Um, but as of recent, there has been a few things um, that have come along. So we've talked about celebrity whiskeys before. There is going to be a new celebrity whiskey coming sometime. Who knows when? Um, with Buffalo Trace, which is even more scarce. Uh, they yeah. don't usually do the celebrity hype train things. Very, very interesting partnership. and. Even more yeah. interesting that it was is with Buffalo Trace. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of shocking because they don't, you know, they don't come off as that kind of distillery at all. Yeah, no. Um, but the news that is coming out is that they are going to be working on a new. They, they say whiskey or bourbon. I'm not sure what the exact wordage was in the article. I don't um, know if it's specified. I thought but, it was bourbon. They said it was going to be kind of similar to Buffalo Trace. and It um, makes more sense if it's bourbon. Um, but they will be collaborating with country singer and best national anthem singer of all time, Chris Stapleton. Uh, we'll be uh, coming out with a whiskey sometime. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing on that is that it's Buffalo Trace. January 2024. So soon-ish. That's what I saw. Mm. But yeah, yeah, that is uh it's pretty surprising, you know, Buffalo Trace. I mean, does this uh does this tell us that they have just a lot of whiskey coming down Could the pipeline be. or are they still trying to spread themselves thin to keep the demand? I mean, so they're it's the brand is called Traveler Whiskey. Um it does not say anything about specific um uh oh so hold on so we did this beforehand the blend crafted by buffalo trace master distiller harlan wheatley is bottled at 90 proof but it also says chris stapleton had a major role apparently in creating the blend he yeah he was involved in the tasting and testing of the blends 
Um, so that makes me think that it could just be uh, more of the like abundant barrels that they have that would probably have gone to like stuff like benchmark or ancient age. I mean, maybe. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's not like they're doing a separate secret mash bill right. for him. It's just extra leftover barrels. Mm-hmm. Harlan probably creates a big blend and he tastes them and it's I, so you guys brought up points. Is it, are they just getting rid of extra barrels or trying to keep their things scarce? I'm almost, there's a third option that just kind of crossed my head of one thing that I will always applaud Buffalo trace for is that even though their products go for crazy amounts of money on secondary market, they keep their prices on their normal line very very low and very very affordable at retail pricing yep as of late the only thing they released that had a high price on it was the daniel weller emmer wheat Mm -hmm. i wonder if they're trying to make some offshoot things that they can tie in with something else to make the label sound like it should be worth more and charge more money and try and take up some of the extra cash that's been thrown at whiskey within the last few years with the new label, new name. But like they maybe come out with this as like a fifty or sixty dollar bottle that's basically the same as Buffalo Trace that you can get for thirty six. Like a lot well, of the other they... celebrity bourbons though are not that expensive. And they're not oh, I, they're, I would I would, kind of, I would say they are. Wait, so so I thought it I read an article that said this is going to be the same price as Buffalo Trace. Oh did it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. So they I, said it's was... going to be Around like the twenty six dollar price range, which I do think is very shocking mm-hmm. for because they, I mean, they could charge a hundred dollars and this thing would sell out everywhere. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but but okay. it is going to be a ninety proof. Um, that's also what I read. So it's probably yeah. going to taste very similar to Buffalo Trace. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a tad younger. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I applaud them for, or you know, especially Chris Stapleton for making this partnership with uh Buffalo trace and not just going to Dickel or MGP and just buying a bunch of barrels and, you know, slapping something together or even worse, go get some additive tequila and put his mm-hmm. name on it. Yeah. I, he, uh, there's been a couple things that he's kind of done some nods to Buffalo trace, like, uh, in 2021, he donated $18,000 or an $18,000 bottle of E.H. Taylor's single barrel to a bourbon raffle. Which I think translates to somebody paid $18,000 for that bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did something else too with them. And I want to say he I donated to the tornado like relief fund Probably. In, that hit Kentucky a year or two ago. Oh, um, he's been like fairly involved in in that area. I think in the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean it's cool to see. Um, even though he has a song called Tennessee Whiskey. <laughs> yeah, good point. He's he's gonna change the song to Traveler Whiskey now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't sing it anymore. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't know. That's actually a uh, cover of a George Jones song, which I thought was kind of interesting. That. 
Yeah, and it, it's the George Jones because... song is is way different though. Um, yeah, and, he, and like, there was another and everything. There's another song called Tennessee Whiskey that was by a small country band I saw once. Um, Thousand Horses or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they had, they had a song called Tennessee Whiskey as well too that was probably twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Another country star, you have uh, obviously Brothers Osborne with uh, Whistle Pig. You have uh, Brad Paisley with American Highway. Yeah, which I was going to say, I think that American Highway is like the most expensive celebrity bottle that I can think yeah. of, at least. Peyton Manning has one. Peyton Manning? His is expensive. A, well, I guess he's not no. necessarily a country well, star. Well, I mean, if but... we're just talking... I'm just talking yeah. celebrities in yeah. general. Like his yeah. is like 175 I mean, dollars. Like Metallica has blackened. Mm-hmm. Um, Slipknot has a whiskey. Motorhead has a whiskey. Uh, there's quite a few like rock bands I feel like that have have whiskey labels, um, and most of those are fairly affordable. Like blackened is what like forty forty five bucks I think. Yeah. I mean, Blackened is also kind of like that's not Metallica that started that. That was kind of just like a partnership. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, most of them are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, I think like I, I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but like the Motorhead one is which is more like you know, or the the American Highway one, like is just let's throw some barrels in my trailer and drive it around, yeah. and here's my whiskey. Yeah, that, I want to see you at a country concert, Jake. Like, I, I think you'd be. Uh, a, I don't go to country concerts. I want to. I want to see you <laughs> in a cowboy hat, boots. Like, I want to see you decked out to the. I'll wear a cowboy flannel. hat, but I don't go to country concerts. Grateful Dead's <laughs> not too far off from country, really. That's that's very far off. <laughs> that's not even close. <laughs> um, I will say though, the Slipknot whiskey is actually pretty good. That's like the Iowa they, one. Yeah, it's distilled in it's got Iowa. Iowa corn in it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I enjoy that um, one, especially the reserve. The reserve is really good. Yeah. Uh, another news story, uh, Basil Hayden, some people love, some people hate, um, are coming out with a malted rye. Gold Eagle uh, just got it. Gold Eagle just got it. So I'd be excited um, to try it. A big basil fan. I myself am not a big fan of malted rye. Um, I, I tried a few, um, and even the uh, like, even the um, hard truth one. I you know I love their rye, but was not a fan of their malted rye. But that's I'm not a big rye fan in the first place. Yeah, uh, but Basil will have a malted rye. They've been expanding their product line over the last couple of years with some of these offshoot things. Yeah, quite um, a bit have been sticking around. Yeah. And which the, which it, the one I, nice thing about them is that none of their stuff is like hard to find. Like when they make one of those like new expressions, it's like we're it's like everybody's gonna get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can tell like they prep for a nationwide big big release. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. But that's also because most people who are into collecting and searching for whiskey don't care for Basil Hayden. Yeah. yeah. Basil Hayden, I think I've always described it as a good starter whiskey. Um, yeah. I'm actually surprised it. none of us put that 
I thought about in it in our in our starter. I thought about it too, yeah, but I... it's just it's just too too low proof. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that's the thing that you drank for the first time and were like, I might like whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's moving past so that. smooth. <laughs> yes. The yeah. the only time I drink it anymore is my brother in law a couple of years ago decided he was going to get into whiskey. And he looked, asked around to figure out what to get. He bought a bottle of Basil Hayden. He came home. He poured himself a Basil Hayden, sat on the couch, took a sip, and then went and grabbed a beer and said he's not a whiskey guy. <laughs> so whenever I go to their house, there's a bottle of Basil Hayden, at least, that I can sip on. So I do like the 10-year. Uh, the 10-year is pretty good. The 10-year is really good. But Still doesn't do it for me. The, uh, 80 proof. The, the rum cask finish. Uh, rye is it's unbelievably good. That was actually the only one that I think I legitimately enjoyed. Yeah, thank God yeah, Dan found a bottle at some random liquor store. <laughs> yeah, that's the I, only example of one that they made once and never made again. I'm upset yeah. about it, and I want them to rectify that. <laughs> so many people still ask for that. I don't know why they they stopped. Yeah, nobody wants that dark rye. No. no. You are that all welcome. Should be like a no-brainer that. for them to be able to produce too. Like I know. Um, what do you What are you guys' thoughts on the malted rice? I typically enjoy them. I know Jake probably really enjoys them. I like them a lot. Um, Smoke wagon malted rye is excellent. Um, I want to say that New Riff has a malted rye. New Riff, yep, that I enjoy thoroughly. Um, it's very good. I liked the hard truth malted rye. Um, it's uh, typically, I want to say the malted rye is a lot more like floral. Um, and the, like, that's, I mean, I'm, well, I'm not picky with my rye the, flavor profiles. The smoke, but, the smoke wagon malted rye is like extremely floral. Yeah. Right. A lot of them can be like, just kind of more sweet. You know, yes, think of like, yeah. It, just less spicy, just you know, not that you would. Right. You wouldn't expect it in a rye. How how little bit of spice it has. It's kind of like the old elk bourbon, such a high malt content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get like no spice, just very creamy, easy. That kind of kind of what it does to rye. So it's a good. Uh, I think it might be like a good intro to rye if you find the right one. Like the new riff one is a really yeah. good example. Because like, I'm not a. A biologist or a botanist or whatever the hell. Botanist. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously, when you explain Plant it that person. way, we all realize that you're not. Um, but like, so when you malt something, you're a grain. You're like wetting the grain, and then it like opens up and starts developing some of the sugars within the grain because it's starting to sprout. It's basically you're forcing the grain to sprout. Um. And that's what creates that like sweeter note. Um, you're you're getting closer to that kind of corn sweetness that that you know bourbon is is known for uh, when you malt the grains. So there's your biology lesson for the night. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for the uh, the lesson there, Jake. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. Your your optometry lessons are great. Um, I enjoy that. That's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, Minus the fancy terms. See, yeah. there's two I smart just, people on the podcast, <laughs> and we're always right. 
I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I've I've never been a big fan of the malted grains too much. Um, I don't know. Something about the flavor profile that doesn't sit right with me. But um, I, I, the one thing like we talked about with Basil Hayden is when they come out with stuff. It's usually if if it's the first shipment to the store is usually going to go pretty quick. But usually the subsequent ones, there's enough there. Um, it's not one that you need to rush to a store. If you unless you really 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 want it, rush to a store. But if you get there and they're out within a couple within a month or two, they usually will have more stuff back on the shelf. So um, yeah, and so I think it's interesting that there's like where are all these expressions coming from, and they're all they're all like different mash bills. They're not just different finishes or blends. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're yeah. obviously doing a lot of experimenting with the. And using kind of Basil Hayden as the experimentation line. Yeah, and like Basil's like the youngest of the whole Jim Beam product line. Youngest and the lowest proof. So you can get away with a whiskey that might not be ready, um, you know, because it's only 80 proof. So I'm excited to see where they're going to go. You know, I'm sure they let some stuff go and age longer. And they're going to do some kind of higher proof experimental release. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to see a Basil Hayden cast drink at some point. Just I don't see, think they'll see do what that. that's like. I mean, they should, but I don't think they will. They'll come out with another, another bottle, a new yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah. It'll be the same thing, but a new brand. Yeah. What else you got, Dan? Uh, one. Uh, I don't. You really can't call him a distillery. <laughs> one blender that we all really like. Hold is, up. Well, I got to pause for a second. All right. While we're recording this podcast live, Jake just bought a bottle of Basil Hayden malted rye. (laughs) I just got the notification that we got an order, so I went and checked it, and it was Jake buying a bottle of basil malted rye. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you know, you said you got it in, so... We did. Uh God. I was wondering if you were going to see it. I don't really like... The only thing I like from Basil was really the tenure. That's funny. Oh, um, man. All right. I'm going to – I just put in a, a little discount for you, and I guess I'll drop a coupon code for everyone else. There we <laughs> go. If we still have the, the Basil malted rye, um, let's do uh, let's do BM malted for 10% B-M. off a Basil Hayden malted rye. BM malted. You thank you. Uh, you're welcome, America. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, That's funny. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Go no, ahead. <laughs> so no, that's that's a great interruption. Um, <laughs> one of our favorite blenders just had a ribbon cutting today. This was on September 20th uh, of their new facility for barrel spirits. And it's 500% larger than their previous facility. Yeah, that's nuts. So when you talk about... Now, obviously, they're a lot smaller, but you're talking a lot of these bigger distillers are doubling production. They're expanding theirs by 500%. Um, which is good because I think we're all pretty big fans of all most of their, if not all of their expressions they come out with. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of different blenders, uh, barrels kind of taking the lead the last couple of years of kind of probably being the best known blender out there. And now they're going to be 
probably quickly putting out lots and lots more things. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I didn't read into it too deeply to see if they're just going to have bigger batches, more batches, or if they're going to start to have some, um, like common skews out in the market that are the same thing. You're like more like the Armida seagrass mm-hmm. dovetail, things like that. I think, I think they're going in the direction of more, um, you know, larger batches, more consistency. Um, I was actually lucky enough to be down in Kentucky last weekend for the ribbon cutting ceremony and got to go and check out the new facility. And let me just say it is tiny compared to any other major Kentucky distillery that we normally talk about or go to. Um, but it's really nice. They have some huge, huge tanks, some really nice like conference rooms and blending rooms. Um, but I did hear that they're going to be coming out with like a 90 proof bottle, which is pretty kind of shocking. Um, and we could talk about that for a little bit. And I also Mm -hmm. heard that they're going to be cutting back on a little bit of like the experimentation and getting more on like a consistent, um, regular release pattern with only doing like a few offshoots here and there. Okay. Yeah. So that so kind it seems of like they're us... kind of changing directions quite a, quite heavily with this yeah. new facility. Yeah. So that leads us into the, the theme of this episode, which is kind of like brands in their wheelhouse. And when they go outside of that wheelhouse, whether they are like good or bad decisions, um, I think this is a great one to start with because I agree. It's it's very controversial for those of us that really enjoy barrel, uh, because one of the things that they consistently preach is barrel strength or cast strength or high proof um, in order to maintain as much flavor as possible, as much um, of the blends flavor profile as possible. Um, so this this decision to start releasing a lower proof uh, blended whiskey, I think, is very off brand for them. Um, though I do have like high hopes that it'll still be good. Um, I just don't know if that's like the right direction. If I were them, um, no. I mean, I. I think it'll be good. I know it'll be good, but I think it's a really bad move for them. I mean, they they preach barrel proof cash strength. Mm-hmm. The reason why the distillery started was one of the owners or the owner, um, you know, want, liked barrel proof bourbon. He liked cash strength stuff. So his complaint was, why why don't we have more of this? So we're gonna focus on bringing you whiskey that hasn't been cut or altered. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a very off-brand move, but I do think it's a good move to kind of cut back a little bit on all the different experimentation and just over-flooding the market with different SKUs because it's just kind of over – it's just overloaded for the average consumer um, to process. You know, they'll they'll find one thing they like, they go back, and they can never find anything like it again. Um, And they do have kind of a wider reach now and a more, you know, respected name nationwide and worldwide so it makes sense to kind of you know scale up the stuff that's working and that people already really like um, yeah kind of do take a little backseat to the smaller batch experimentation stuff i think yeah i i feel like the better decision would have been for them to pick 
a higher proof point like 115 or 120 and try and blend to that proof point and make that a flagship product. Yeah, I don't um, know. I still like the batches. I still like Well, I, I think you know, I think putting the batches out, you know, two or three times a year I think is is still what they sh- should do, but they should they should have like a flagship product. That's I mean, like, they kind of do can, with that's their like, but but well so I think, one of I the think things the that they say specifically but I mean they specifically say the batches are not consistent on purpose. And like if if part of their like goal is to reach some sort of consistent uh you know, like flagship product, then they should do that at high proof, not low proof. Yeah, I think it's the downfall of becoming bigger. Um, there's yeah. always multiple sides to the story of business. And I mean, Jake, mm-hmm. we talked about it the other day with uh, our boy Zach Bryan going on tour for next year, but going through Ticketmaster, and now tickets are crazy expensive. But right. for him to play in big venues, he has to play in the venues that are big, which are all handshake deals with Ticketmaster. I think mm-hmm. they're running into the same thing here, is there's a lot of demand for their product. Um, and they see that they have swayed the majority of your big bourbon drinkers that prefer cast strength barrel proof. And they've hit products that play really well in that group. Uh, but then they're also neglecting probably a larger part of the whiskey market. I think more people drink 100 or less than 100 or, or than over 100 proof. Yeah, um, that's probably true. So I yeah, but they're they've kind of just I don't know I'm, they built their name on just you know not caring about that and just being the sophisticated whiskey drinkers bourbon. Yeah, you I know, mean the yeah, more advanced their their accolades like really speak for the brands overall. You know, like almost every batch wins a gold medal at San Francisco. Uh, whiskey accolade schmackolade uh, and like but they do have a, a good well, reputation but i mean like yeah, yeah like, no like they're very consistent they're very right. consistent every single blend is really good yes. every single blend does well in competitions yes they probably enter every competition but they yeah, consistently but... score well so right. they they i think they mastered you know they kind of mastered is they're Number one or two, what people think of when they think of like the one of the you know the top blender for American yeah. whiskey. Yeah, and you know, like I I get wanting to do a lower proof because you can take a blend that's and like this is completely made up, but <laughs> take a blend at cast strength that's like a thousand bottles. If you bump that down to ninety proof, you're talking like two or three thousand bottles, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to push a lot more product um, with the same amount of whiskey um, and water is pretty much free. So <laughs> it's yeah, a good I mean, way to expand the, the your only, volume. The only part of this that I agree with is to get someone to buy your bottle who is like, oh, I don't like barrel because I don't like high proof. Um, you know, I'm yeah. a Basil Hayden drinker. I'm a 90 proof drinker. I don't like barrel because I don't want to spend that much money on a bottle and I don't like high proof anyway. Right. So, but, you know, I think that kind of just shows that, you know, Stellum didn't really do as well as they thought. Yeah. That was supposed to be their intro label. Um, 
and now they're realizing, no, we need to put something out under the barrel name. Yeah. Now, yeah, here's the other Stellum, side. Though, Stellum was higher proof, too, wasn't it? It was, too, but it was lower price point. So it was like yes. their way yeah. of getting people, all right, here's what we can do. You know, now let's get you to upgrade into barrel. Right. So I guess what about the other side of this? What if, Jake, what if we did a blind taste test with the new barrel at 90 proof versus Elijah Craig small batch? And in a blind, you completely love the one, and it turns out to be barrel craft spirits at ninety. So, but I've I, I've been saying since the beginning of this episode that I I know it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good, but it's just not it's not their brand. It's not what they yeah. preach about, and it's not why they started. Um, like they're since day one, they've been all about just cash strength blending. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I, the other I thing like... is. Same this is America. It's uh... <laughs> this is America, and it doesn't need to be cast cast strength if it's cash strength, homie. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to accuse them of selling out, but that's the no. Kind I don't of think they're selling out. Vibe. I, I think no. it gives. I think their you know, intention like... is to get more people into the brand and drinking the brand. You know, because they're never going to yeah, be yeah. your your barbecue or your tailgate whiskey no you know yeah, no so right. this is this is getting them so much more exposure um and you know getting their bottles into the hands of a lot more people so that is mm-hmm. why i think this is a good move but as a whiskey you know kind of sewer and someone that's a little more into it than the average person um it kind of hurts a little bit to see them go this far off brand and off motto so yeah this is like no, I but I just me, think like they had a good thing going. They're you know that's what they were known right. for, and now they're not going to be anymore. It's like when Metallica came out with the Black album, and everyone was pissed and said they sold out. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like like for me, like you walk into a store and you see a barrel bottle. Like I don't really need to taste it. I know it's going to be good. I can just pick it up and grab it. Um, and I, you know, I I know I'm getting a high proof spirit cash strength product because that's what you think of when you think of barrel right my other music metaphor is when john mayer joined the grateful dead and everyone was like this is bullshit well that's a whole nother episode we could talk about (laughs) let's let's not do that episode please (laughs) ever um i don't know it it'll be interesting i get the point they preach on that to me, though, at the end of the day, like I still view them more of a very good blender of whiskey. And if they can make blends of whiskey at any proof as good as they've been currently making them, that's good for the whiskey industry. And that's good for whiskey consumers. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, if I'm torn, so what I, I want to see like what the listeners do, think about this one. Yeah, what I would like to see them do is what they're doing with Fox Noden and do the brandy proofing on a cast strength blend down to 90 proof and see how that, that comes yeah. out. Hopefully That's what they I'd do. like to see out of them. Because mm-hmm. Fox Noden, I think, has shown that you can get an extremely uh, or very close 
uh, flavor profile to cast strength in a lower proof whiskey. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're like 99 proof for like their bourbon and rye, but like it's that's you know, it's doable to to keep flavor um, without like sacrificing uh, or, or to lower your proof point without sacrificing flavor. Yeah. Um, kind of speaking on that same topic, there's another going to be a new bourbon on the market from someone that's, uh, never made bourbon before, but is a pretty well-known distillery. So in Louisville, which is obviously unofficially bourbon capital USA, there's been a distillery there since the mid 2010s called Copper and Kings, and they are a brandy (laughs) distillery. I looked them up. They use Vendome Copper Stills out of Louisville. They are going to be releasing their first bourbon, switching away, not switching away from brandy, but instead of doing brandy all the time, they're not going to be doing whiskey. Um, I'm not big into brandy or cognac. About the only time I drink brandy is when I go to a Wisconsin suburb club and order an old-fashioned and accidentally forget to tell them not to make it like crap. Yeah, why would um, you ever do that? <laughs> and that's when I end up with brandy in my glass. Uh, so I'm not big on brandy, but it's interesting to see a comp- a distillery in the heart of bourbon country that didn't make bourbon and is now switching over to bourbon. Um, your guys' thoughts on that? Yes, I, I think mean, that's kind I, of... Go ahead, Jake. Good, I think that's a no-brainer decision for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like... If you've already established your name as a brandy maker, I think the transition to bourbon makes complete sense. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know a ton about them, but I know that they obviously started in the bourbon capital of the world um, and Mm -hmm. started making brandy, which probably is not popular at all down in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and they were successful. So props to them on kind of doing something a little different and succeeding with it. And it's very cool that they're, you know, they're already respected in Kentucky. Um, which like they don't drink any scotch. Like you you'll never find any scotch whiskey down in nope. Kentucky. Um they're all about bourbon. So that, you know, just kinda adds to their fuel on how how successful they've been in a bourbon dominated state. Um, But yeah, I think they have every right to come out with a bourbon. They already have a huge following and everyone who's a fan of their brandy is going to be searching for the bourbon. Bourbon people are going to be searching for the bourbon. Um, So I think it's kind of a matter of time as long as they don't, you know, get away from what they started off as long as they don't get away from their roots, I guess. Yeah, it'll be an interesting because, I mean, the majority of companies we always talk about have always been whiskey. Now, some of them have branched off into single malts and things of that nature as well. Um, but it'll be interesting. And I guess Castle and Keys kind of a little bit different as well with doing both bourbon and gins and vodkas pretty well. I mean, Sazerac has Wheatley Vodka and things <clears throat> yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, but, I think, I think yeah. gins and vodkas are, you know, every distillery pretty much does gins and vodkas. Yeah. Yeah. Brandy's a little different. Like something aging in oak outside of whiskey in Kentucky or outside of bourbon in Kentucky is a pretty big deal. But yes, where you were probably going with yeah. that was all the American single malt that's coming out from all these Kentucky distilleries. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how kind of an opposite way of someone branching into bourbon instead of a bourbon company branching out of bourbon. So right. be a fun little experiment, I guess, to see. But I don't like I said, I don't know too much about it. I do know that I mean when you look at their stuff, all their stuff is made in Louisville. Vendome is a Louisville company, so they mm-hmm. they look a lot if you looked at their distillery, it would look just like a normal distillery for whiskey. Um, yeah, but they've been doing brandy and now they're going to switch over. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely want to, that'll be one that, uh, hopefully someday will be, uh, at the bar at gold Eagle for tasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I can see what that would taste like. Yeah. It's, and one of the other things I want to highlight <clears throat> in a brand kind of, uh, shifting outside their wheelhouse that, uh, I'm going to shamelessly promote again is Jack Have Daniels with their bonded line. Oh. <laughs> 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 so last year jack daniels bonded bourbon was my whiskey of the year um they released the bonded rye this year and like i said in the last episode this is a contender for me for whiskey of the year for 2023 <laughs> dan I'm pretty sure that skeptical. was mine and jake picked something else <laughs> no i'm pretty sure jack bonded <clears throat> was my whiskey of the year and you took something else last year jake i'm, Did uh, I'm I? pretty sure i don't that remember was, yeah yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure Jack Bonded was mine, and you want something else, so well, step it was off, what son. I wanted. Step off. So. <laughs> but it, this is, and I've said this on episodes before. Um, I don't know why they didn't do this a long time ago. Um, it, like the Jack Daniels brand is basically old number seven, um, which is like just you know 90 proof bar swill um jack they have whiskey and coke they have the stocks to do this and much more um and like the limited editions are one thing you know like whatever uh you know they can get away with those but like why they haven't done something I think Gentleman Jack came out in like 1989 or 1990, and they literally didn't release another <laughs> core product until Jack Bond did last year, which is like unfathomable to me. Um, yeah. Especially yeah, considering I mean, they have like an unbelievable number of warehouses just yeah, filled well, a with lot whiskey. of these. <laughs> you know? you got to remember, too, though, a lot of these distilleries 20 years ago, whiskey was not popular american whiskey was not really popular so you know they just they just didn't have a lot laying down they don't have a lot of expansion and they're also you know down south where they just move a little bit slower um so a lot of them just don't really care to you know put in the effort but now that they see the boom that's happening um you know it's it's obvious everywhere um, you know, it's time to do something different. And we know with whiskey, it takes a couple of years to let the stuff age out how you right. want it to, um, you know, to craft a certain expression. So, yeah. I, so I, I believe that's an absolutely fantastic decision that Jack Daniels made and probably Brown Foreman influenced. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. They, and cause these, these whiskeys are unbelievably good. Um, I don't know what's different about them because I'm pretty sure regular uh, old number seven is around four years anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure why they're so good <laughs> compared to the well, regular. Well, they, they haven't had a hundred proof 
offering because oh, yeah. all their it stuff is, is, it is 100 proof so yeah yeah all their stuff's 90 94 um so you know it's a little nicer that it's a little higher proof and it probably is aged right. a little bit longer and it might be just kind of selected barrels um with all the <laughs> yeah inject barrels be. going into the number seven um yep. that's what i would assume but um but yeah interesting there um I guess what are your guys? We we talked about American single malts plenty of times on the show, but how do we feel about all these bourbon distilleries in Kentucky starting to do a single malt, breaking out of the norm? I think it's another good move, um, at least at least for them to give it a shot and see. Yeah, what but they everyone's can doing it. Yeah, there's there's going to be too, too much out there. It. Yeah, but, I think well, I think it's going to ruin the market. I think it will American too. Single malts. But I, I, I think what we might see is some of these distilleries will produce it. It won't be successful, and they'll pull it. And then yeah, I they think will. the market I mean, it'll, will kind it'll of be like itself, and it'll it'll <laughs> be like light whiskey. But the problem is, twenty years ago, you know, everyone, all these American distilleries thought light whiskey was going to be the next big thing, so they all started distilling light whiskey, and then nobody wanted it. So then it they sold it off for cheap, but now light whiskey is kind of making a little comeback only because there's just nothing out there. Um, you know, when you see like like an off release of a light whiskey, like the Penelope one last year, everyone freaked out and went crazy for it, but I thought it was not great. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was good, but it wasn't like, it wasn't anything special. Like the thing about light compared whiskey to other is, light whiskeys, I, I think I think people are uh, interested in light whiskey because it's much higher proof than bourbon's allowed to be typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that generates some interest in the high proof bourbon, you know, crowd um, and less oak. So like, if you don't like yes, the yeah the oak, you can get a older and higher proof whiskey um, mm-hmm. without the oak. But like, I just I just brought that up because I think there's just going to be too much American single malt. A lot of yep. these big distilleries are going to be like, you know what, we're done. It's not selling. It's not moving. Um, and it's going to kind of ruin the entire market for American single malt. So there's going to be I too much out there. There's already quite a few distilleries that have been doing this for about 10 years now. In yeah, what, Stranahan's, what basically uh, was the American single company, malt category. Westward, yeah. Westland. Like I think those distilleries will be fine because that's yep. what they do and they perfected right. it. But I think all these bourbon distilleries that are trying to get into American single malts are making a big big mistake. I mean, oh, a couple I, of I, them will produce something well and will succeed, but I think the rest of them are making a big mistake. Yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty <laughs> niche market and there's so much coming in on it that it's going to be too much and not overly seeing a lot of positives out of it. No, I think we'll see some some American single malts from all the big distilleries for a few years, maybe five to ten years. They won't be super successful, so they'll pull them. Five years, and then MGP is just going to be an American single malt juggernaut, and it's going (laughs) to pump out some like standard single malt products, and uh, you know that'll be your like. You know, twenty dollar American single malt. If will they be come like out from with a single malt and people don't like it, that will be the end of yeah. American single malt. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Jake. Do we have another? Would you rather? 
that came in. We, for those of you who haven't listened mm-hmm. to some previous episodes, we did a Would You Rather episode and some people sent us in some questions for us to debate. Um, you can always do that. Feel free just to leave a comment on any of our platforms if you have a good Would You Rather question or a bad one. If you have a bad one, we'll just talk about it and make fun of you for a bad submission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a good one, we'll, we'll debate it. Yeah. So uh, I've got two. So both of these were submitted by Julia. Thanks again, Julia. Uh, so number one, would you rather only have finished bourbon or only finished rye forever? Ooh. Ooh. Mine's a simple one. Well, we all know Dan's we... answer. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, I Does don't think we do. We... we need a clarification. Does that mean we can't drink any bourbon that's unfinished? Or like, if we're going to drink something finished, it has to be either bourbon or rye? No, so I think... You have to drink it finished. You have to drink one or the other. Okay. I would only drink finished Easy for me. You said finished rye? Yep. No. So you can't have... You're a liar. (laughs) Dan, that means you can't have bourbon that's unfinished. Oh, that's unfinished? I thought it was either finished or... No, no, no. It's just... just... So so if you're going to drink... If you're going, yeah. So let me let me clarify. If you're going to drink something finished, it has to be oh one of these. That's what I was asking. Yeah, so so you can still drink unfinished bourbon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I would. I don't. I'm I'm not a big finished bourbon fan. I I do like a rum finished rye. Um, so I'd go with rye because there's there's a lot of bourbon finishes that I'm not a big fan of. Um, so I'd go easily with rye. I'd rather have finished rye than it takes. I. Yeah, easy for me. There's there's just too many bourbons that I like to enjoy neat to give that up, and I shit on <laughs> finished bourbons all the time, so I'm going to have to say rye. I would agree. <laughs> um, so let's take it to the extreme and say you're not allowed to drink anything straight that's not finished. Only finished bourbons forever, or only finished ryes forever. Finished bourbon. Finished bourbon, yeah. Oh, I would go finished rye. I would drink Old Elk rum finish rye for the rest of my life and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the next would you rather? That one was kind of easy. All right. Uh, so would you rather have only low proof high aged bourbon or only high proof under six year bourbon? Hmm. That's a tough one. So I'll repeat real quick, low proof, high age bourbon or high proof, low age bourbon. Jake, that means you have to give up uh, Elijah Craig 18 year. No, because that'd be. Yeah, no. Yeah, you have to give up oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I wasn't talking about uh, you, Jake. I was talking about Jake Gold Eagle. He loves Elijah 18 so much. I don't want him to miss it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a. That's a tough one. That's a super tough one. I think I'd probably go with the uh, high proof lower age. Yeah, that's the way I was leaning as Just, well. You would get a little more uh, variance. Yeah. I think it's, when you get in. Yeah. And we, we've talked about age statements aren't everything on whiskey. Um, and yeah, you can get, I mean, hell, one of my favorite whiskeys is a three-year-old blend. So, um I'll go. I'll go. Uh, high proof young whiskey. 
for me, uh, this is a hard one. I think I might have to go low proof, high age. I think I think you're doing that just to spark a debate. No, no he's well, just always wrong. The, <laughs> the the flavor profiles I gravitate towards are usually high oak, those like tobacco kind of notes, and that you really only get that from longer age. Yeah, see, and my thought is you could always do what Dixon Deadman does and just throw it in another oak barrel. Keep it young and keep it oaky. Mm-hmm. Well, so so I, yeah, yeah, I guess barrel, if, that's the if, age statement on it. If high-proof double oaks are on the table, then yeah, I'd take a a, a low-age statement high-proof double high oak. Proof. But... Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to buy any high-proof, low-age whiskeys, or you're going to buy any whiskeys. I was going to slip it around. You just ruined it, Jake. Just tell them where to go to find Gold Eagle. Just, just buy all your whiskey at Gold Eagle. Come on. Uh, or buy during wine. the episode. Listen to the episode. Yeah. Buy it. <laughs> While you're recording. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Good job, Jake. It won't, so, yeah, buy it, your whiskey. So, it, it won't be the last time, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Buy your whiskey at Gold Eagle. Um, GoldEagleWine.com. Instagram at Gold Eagle Wine. Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits. Um, you know, stay up to date with all the daily deliveries, events, tastings, and come check us out. Come to our tasting bar. Say hi to Drew, who we still got to get on an episode. Yes, we yep. do. Jake, where can people find us? You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform. You can watch us on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, you can find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Like, subscribe, share, click the notification bell, all that kind of stuff. Um, leave comments. Like we've proven twice now, we will read your would you rathers if you <laughs> want to give us some. Um, or if you just want shout outs, you know, just comment on, on uh either the Spotify or uh the um YouTube videos and uh you know we'll we'll shout you out. Awesome. All right guys, we'll have a wonderful night. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.